Today on We Hear, Kim Kardashian is speaking out for the last time about Taylor Swift and Kanye West's infamous feud. We talk to the podcast hosts and creators of Comments by Celebs about keeping up with all the Instagram gossip. And Oprah puts Stedman in the doghouse. I mean, the guest house. Coming up next on We Hear. Oh my God. We're on page six? No. Oh. No. Yeah. Another divorce splashed across page six. Page six would have a field day. Hey there, I'm Maggie Coglin. And I'm Ian Moore, and welcome to We Hear, a Page Six podcast. We hear all the celebrity dirt from our exclusive sources, and you hear the story behind the story. Taylor Swift, Kim Kardashian, Kanye West, four years after their initial feud, we're still talking about it. That's true. The feud did incorporate Kim Kardashian just a few years ago. But of course, the Kanye West-Taylor Swift feud kicked off back in 2009 at his infamous interruption of her VMA speech. And it's just kind of gone downhill from there. I have to say, Maggie, it is a surprising time for this feud to (laughs) kick up again during the coronavirus pandemic. And I'm not really sure whether to say, hey, this is just bad timing and totally trivial and you guys should get your act together. Or B, thanks guys for giving fans of pop culture, something else to talk about besides what celebrities are doing in quarantine. I know. So let's let's just take it back for our listeners. In 2009, there is the stage crashing incident between Kanye and Taylor. Then in 2015 at the VMAs, MTV thinks it'll be cute and Taylor gives Kanye an award. Everything seems fine until February 11th, 2016, when Kanye drops his song Famous, which includes the lyric, I feel like me and Taylor might still have sex. I made that bitch famous. And we're still not even in 2020. So the day after the song is... The day after the song is released, Taylor's rep released a statement saying that Taylor never approved the lyric. She said, Kanye did not call for approval, but to ask Taylor to release his single Famous on her Twitter account. She declined and cautioned him about releasing a song with such a strong misogynistic message. Taylor was never made aware of the actual lyric, I made that bitch famous. Okay, okay. Then Taylor goes on to win Album of the Year at the Grammys, and some people felt that she made a reference to Kanye. Um, and you know, the feud continues and continues for months. Yeah, well, well, Kanye said um, soon after that, right, that he had told Taylor Swift about that line. And she had said, oh, Kanye, I like that line. He alleged that she then won her that award that you mentioned, Maggie, and said something completely different. He had told TMZ back in 2016, she ain't cool no more. She had two seconds to be cool and she effed it up. Now, this had also followed a lot of back and forth of like apologies and then non-apologies between the two of them and sort of disses. But this is when things really heated up because that's when Kim Kardashian got involved. She had a GQ cover story later in 2016, a few months later, and said um, a bunch of crazy stuff about Taylor Swift. She said she totally approved that. Taylor Swift totally approved that line. The magazine said as she said this, she was shaking her head in annoyance. 
Kim told GQ, mm. she totally knew that was coming out. She wanted to all of a sudden act like she didn't. I swear my husband gets so much shit for things when he really was doing proper protocol and even called to get it approved. Then she said, what rapper mm. would call a girl that he was rapping a line about to get approval? That's true. I didn't realize that there was proper protocol in the rap game. Uh, I guess there is a rap game fact check that we were unaware of prior to this yeah, Exactly. Exactly. Kim also said in the same interview that Taylor totally gave the okay, that Rick Rubin witnessed this, and that so many respected people in the music business heard that conversation and knew. She also said controversially, I mean, he's called me a bitch in his songs. That's just like what they say. Hmm. Oof, um, there are layers to this to unpack. And this is back well, in 2016. We yeah. haven't even addressed that <laughs> statement. Well, that's Oof. true, actually. Anyway, so the, so the drama kept going, right? But right. Like, so, 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 so what's the latest that's happened? And why has this kicked off again now? It seemed like this was done. I know, but is anything ever really done on the internet? Didn't you see the social network? The internet is written in ink. So this has come back into our minds and our spirits because just a few days ago on March 21st, which now that every day is like a year long, this could have been months ago. It could have been the same week. I don't know. But on March 21st, a new video leaked online of the call that Kanye made to Taylor to talk about Famous and the lyric. And all of a sudden, Kim likes a tweet that said, this video showed nothing new. We all knew that. I'm so confused right now. So subtly, Kim is kind of commenting. Meanwhile, the next day, Taylor Swift does the same thing. She likes some Tumblr posts about the resurfaced video. Then on March 23rd, which was just Monday, even though it feels like eight months ago, uh, <laughs> Taylor went on Instagram to her stories and she kind of like begged her fans not to pay attention to all of this and to focus on the coronavirus. Shocker, what the rest of the world is focusing on. She said, instead of answering those who are asking how I feel about the video footage that leaked, proving that I was telling the truth the whole time about that call, you know, the one that was illegally recorded and somebody edited and manipulated in order to frame me and put me and my family and fans through hell for four years, swipe up to see what really matters. <sighs> wow. And Taylor Swift has previously accused Kim Kardashian of bullying her, saying that Someone started an online hate campaign by calling me a snake on the internet. Right. Um, she also said that Kim Kardashian had canceled her and how devastating that was. She, she told Vogue that just um, last year, a mass public shaming with millions of people saying you are quote unquote canceled is a very isolating experience. Right. But I mean, my question here is that Kim went on Twitter and she talked about, like, I can't believe we're bringing this up now with everything going on in the world um, and kind of defends why the interaction was recorded because 
Taylor making this claim that she was illegally recorded and the footage was edited is pretty serious because Kim is studying to be a lawyer. So for Taylor to make these accusations, it could really hurt Kim's credibility in her future career in law. So Kim says that Kanye was filming everything he did at the time for a documentary. You know, a lot of celebrities kind of keep a personal archive of their creative process, and this was just part of it. Right. And Kim has said that Taylor Swift has chosen to reignite an old exchange that at this point in time feels very self-serving, given the suffering millions of real victims are facing right now. But who reignited this? Where did this come from? Well, Why that's the now? Thing. I mean, right, right. I mean, that is the thing, right? Because it's like a leaked video. Who who's the leaker of this video and why now? And was it someone in either one of their camps? I mean, there is a hint to who it could be because Kim Kardashian said that there were a lot of people who witnessed this conversation. There were a lot of people in the music business. You know, maybe some people are just home right now isolating and they're like, uh, you know, they don't have that much to do. So they're like leaking old, you know, Kanye West videos. Yeah, I don't know that anyone asks for it or needs it. Very excited to have Emma Diamond and Julie Kramer from Comments by Celebs on We Here Today. Hi, guys. <laughs> hey, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for dropping by. Oh my god, of course. Thanks for having us. What a, such a bizarre, such a bizarre circumstance. But here we are, right? <laughs> but this has kind of got to be high tide for you guys, because right now everyone is on social media in a way that they weren't before. It's actually funny. We were just talking about that. It, it really is. It's kind of like so, so so consolidated, I think more so than we've ever seen it. You know, like the news is really happening on Instagram Live. That is the biggest source of news right now, which is such an interesting shift. And you have been doing comments by celebs since what, 2018? Am I correct? Um, we started in 2017, but we really got serious full time in 2018. Yeah. So it's like every moment was just leading up to right now. <laughs> Pretty much, that's how I feel. <laughs> I felt, yeah. Our first, our first shot of that was every moment was leading up to the Jordan Woods Tristan Thompson scandal. Mm. But I think this is probably the second biggest thing. <laughs> <laughs> and how, how back in 2017 can you talk a little bit about how you guys started this was it something that you just noticed that celebrities were commenting on other people's instagram photos because and twitter accounts because it's just it's weird like a lot of the comments are really sort of hard to find and it's like you've managed to do that from the beginning well thank you um, yeah, so it was the way we started, it was actually a direct result of the algorithm change because if you remember pre-April 2017, the Instagram comments weren't weighted. So let's say Kim Kardashian posted a picture, she got 20,000 comments. If Chris and Kylie, et cetera, commented, you would never be able to see it because those blue checkmark comments were mixed in with the regular ones. Mm-hmm. And Instagram made this algorithm shift. And the reason that they actually did it, because we ended up speaking to Charles Porch, who was like one of the brains behind it was he was looking at it from the celebrity lens. He's like, listen, if I'm a celebrity, I want to see what my friends are saying. But this, you know, us starting the account was just kind of a byproduct of that because we realized that all of these interactions were becoming unearthed. So it was kind of like added a whole other layer to internet culture. Yeah. So, you know, we started in April, 2017. It really was a direct kind of result of the algorithm change. Because if you remember pre-2017, the way comments worked 
was that let's say Kim Kardashian posted a picture. She got 20,000 comments. Kylie, Chris, et cetera, they were all mixed in with the regular comments. And so we ended up finding out because we spoke to Charles Porch, who was kind of the guy behind this algorithm change, that he decided to do this because he was looking at it from the celebrity lens. He's like, listen, if I'm a celebrity, I want to see what my friends are saying and I can't see it because it's mixed in with all the comments. We, you know, our account was just a byproduct of that because it, we realized that it, it like unearthed this whole other layer of internet culture. Yeah. And you're really kind of giving a nice spotlight to celebrities who are hilarious. You are able to show that celebrities are making the same kind of jokes we are. <laughs> Especially now. Especially now. <laughs> Thank you. I mean, that's the whole thing. Like, who doesn't want to be seen as witty or, or funny or kind mm-hmm. of clever? And so much of this was going under the radar, I, we felt like, you know, and for us too, like we had no idea. I remember our, the first one that really caught our eye or one of the first ones was Jamie Foxx commenting the nicest things on Barbara Streisand's Instagram. Like, you are the most beautiful woman I've ever seen. And we were like, how did we not know this was going on? <laughs> <laughs> who leaves the most comments? Oh, who would you say I am? You know, Depends on the day. Who, Justin Long's been active recently, Rachelie. Yeah, he's been very active. Um, Kate, Kate Beckinsale. I'm trying to think of who, like, for example, if we're going by frequency, mm-hmm. it's by far and away Naomi Campbell leaving two red heart emojis on every celebrity's <laughs> comment, but on every celebrity's post. But I don't know if that uh, counts as <laughs> our frequent commenters, but we definitely get a lot. You know, like, Beckinsale. Um, who would you say is? There's a lot of people who are just very active, especially mm-hmm. now. Real yeah, life. there's like the, the Kate Beckinsales, the Chrissy Teigens of the world, which are very active in their own comment section in terms of mm-hmm. replying to people. We also see that, you know, who, who will randomly surprise you? Every now and again, you'll see Diane Keaton on Justin Bieber. Hmm. You know, like people go through the. Yeah, she's very into yeah. him recently. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's Weird. hilarious. It's my favorite new friendship in Hollywood, I think. And do you find that there are celebrities who. Um, once you've exposed or, you know, shown what their comments are, are there people who just like delete their comments? I feel like there's like in celebrity commenting, there's an art of posting and deleting things that I never totally understand. I guess it's like you want it out there, but then you delete it and then it doesn't exist anymore. But I guess it exists through you. But does that happen a lot? That's interesting. Um, Honestly, not really. I mean, a lot of that I think is because we make a really conscious effort in terms of what we post. So if there's something that we're like, if if we see something and we think that it could potentially be interpreted wrong, or it's the kind of thing that a celebrity wouldn't want amplified, we're typically not going to post it, which is why um, we don't, that doesn't happen with us a lot. But I think that a lot of that is maybe because on the front end, we just have, we look at it with such a critical eye. We kind of consider all the circumstances because the last thing we would want is for them to not be excited about the idea. Like being posted on our page should be a good thing. Not like we are, you know, getting in some gossip that like was supposed to be unseen. That's really not our goal. I think the other thing we've noticed with uh, celebrity comments is that you know, the algorithm isn't 100% perfect. So what I see on my Instagram, sometimes a certain comment on somebody else's may not go to the top or it didn't go to the top in the first place. So we scrolled to find it because we knew it was there. So a lot of the times it could appear like a celebrity was deleting their comment when in reality it just got lost in the in the shuffle of all of the comments. Yeah. The thing is, as you mentioned, the, these, the comments can happen like 24 hours a day 
and that you never know what's going to happen. As you say, it's basically like breaking news. So I guess you could literally be looking at social media 24 hours a day, technically, to do your jobs and and get the best stuff. Are you ever like, oh my God, I can't open, I can't face opening Instagram right now? <laughs> you know, <laughs> I like, it's fun. Like, honestly, we are on our phones 24-7 with the exception of when we're in the shower or sleeping or getting our nails done, which like truly, <laughs> I can't even lie. <laughs> but, you know, I f- how could I complain about this? Like, this is my dream. I would be looking at these comments obsessively whether or not it was my job. So the fact that it just happens to be is like the greatest gift ever. Like, I don't mm-hmm. even, I'm not saying we can never get burnt out. I, I'm sure that happens. But right now, one, we're so passionate about it. And we're too like so rooted in gratitude that we get to do this as our career. Mm-hmm. So that's just so not something that comes up. But you know, I could see it happening. I, I think, I think the something that's different with us than some other businesses is that we didn't set out, we didn't start this account to make it a business. We started this account when we were both, you know, I was in grad school, Julie was still in an undergrad, and the way that it blew up was a mistake. So it wasn't, you know, this has become our our job. Our passion just became our job. It wasn't like we started out feeling like we have to do this just to make it, you know? So I don't know. We just feel so lucky that we get to do this. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. The other day um, we posted one and it was the picture of Anna de Armas that Ben Affleck had taken of her and she had posted the actual mm-hmm. photo. And Ben Affleck, like a day or so after she had posted it, commented like no photo credit or something. <laughs> And I mean, I'm not kidding. We could not believe that he had commented that. And we were so, so excited to post it. Like, and I said to Emma after, I was like, that rush doesn't go away. When it's like a really good news breaking headline comment, that rush of being able to find it and post it quickly just does not like, it doesn't dissipate. It's still like so crazy for us. Yeah. And that story got picked up everywhere. I mean, that was a huge story. Yeah. I mean, come on. Think about if you would have told us, think about like in the days of, you know, Jennifer Gardner and Ben Affleck, really full force. If you would have told me that he would have been commenting for photo credit on a picture of Anna Diarmas, I would have told you you were crazy. Like, that's crazy. <laughs> so you just sometimes you see a name in the comments section. You're like, I can't believe this is happening on Instagram. It, it, it's, it's similar right. to the first time I saw or the only time I saw Julia Roberts clap back. I was like, I can't, if you would have told me when I was watching Pretty Woman that this would have happened, I would have told you you were lying. <laughs> we are living in historic times. Right. <laughs> I know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's so funny because I feel like people always ask us like who the most frequent commenters are, but I think our favorite posts are the ones that are the the really infrequent commenters that we just get on a whim and and it's like they post one and they comment one time and then we never get it again. And it's like that thrill of of them even commenting in the first place is like, there's nothing that yeah. compares to that. Right. It's like the Haley's Comet of Instagram. Exactly, yeah. Com- Haley's Comment. Yeah, that's your new account, Haley's Comment. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. And it's just good to eat. You know, it's great to have you on. We're big fans. And also, it's just, it's good to just talk to other people. <laughs> Maggie and I are. <laughs> yes, it so is. <laughs> I know. It's, it's so, it's, this is um, really a bizarre time. I thank you for giving us this escape. We've been, I've been enjoying human contact via audio more than I ever thought I could, to be honest. Like most of us, Oprah is self isolating during the coronavirus outbreak, but. 
her longtime partner Stedman Graham is not in her direct proximity. Oprah has Stedman staying in their guest house. Yeah, Maggie, he's the Cato Kalin of the Oprah compound right now. I mean, yeah, Oprah has said that um, her longtime partner Stedman. He didn't arrive from Chicago until Thursday. He had been speaking in St. Louis. He'd, he'd been on planes. So he had asked her what the procedure was for coming home. And she told him, apparently, the procedure is you ain't coming and sleeping in my bed, exclamation point. <laughs> I think that when this is all said and done, any man who enters my proximity must ask me what the procedure is. Please take off your shoes before coming in my house. Please wash your hands for the rest of our lives. <laughs> right, right. Totally. <laughs> Oprah also said that social distancing does not mean you go and sleep in the same bed with the person when you just got off American Airlines. She is right. And she also said in an interview on um, Oprah Meg that she had pneumonia late last year and she just got off of her antibiotics last week because she was still dealing with a bronchial really? infection. Yeah, Oprah with is pneumonia? not playing games. She's 66 years old. She is in the vicinity where it has become dangerous. And Stedman is 69. We got to keep these people as safe as possible. We need Oprah. Yeah, this is came her, her, uh, this interview with Oprah came via her Oprah magazine. And apparently she's in her Santa Barbara, California home where Stedman's in the guest house. I would love to be ordered to stay in the guest house if I would, there was a guest house. Wouldn't that be I great? Would, it's like, you need to go quarantine yourself in the guest house. It'd be like, done with pleasure. Ian, I would stay in a doghouse on Oprah's property right now. <laughs> I'm telling you, the life she is living is so grand in comparison to us in our little New York City shoeboxes. Yeah, it's also, I, it is impressive that Oprah's sticking with this because she and Stedman have been together, right, since 1986. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I, I think I, there's actually some video on Instagram of poor Stedman. Poor Stedman? What do you mean poor Stedman? his head out of a little window of the guest house. I'm sure he's loving it. There's only one thing that's a little odd, like in the image of Stedman sticking his head out of the guest house window. Uh-huh. I don't know what he's got in front of some beautiful flowers and landscaping. I don't know what those are, but <laughs> azaleas or begonias. Um, mm. Who is maintaining her farm hickory? in Hawaii right now? That's what I need to know. Who well, is? That's true. Is the staff there? All of the fruits and the vegetables and the flowers. Who's doing that? Maggie, you know, I have to say, like, I've actually, um, I have a Stedman anecdote for you. A couple years ago, I was in Atlanta for the Super Bowl, right? Atlanta Uber drivers, in a nice way, are like very, very chatty. I like, Mm -hmm. they're like very friendly. I guess you'd call it like Southern hospitality. So I get in an Uber like, or a Lyft or whatever, like late one night, and I'm like chit-chatting with the, uh, the driver. Mentioned that she had just had a funny experience that day because basically she was running a trip for Uber Pool, right? Where you do the, mm-hmm. you share a car with multiple people. There's all these fans in town. And she said she had a passenger in the back of the car who we'll call Brian. So Brian mm-hmm. is in the back of the car doing Uber Pool, going to wherever. 
And then she gets another Uber pool request and she goes and she picks up the next passenger and it's Stedman, right? (gasps) Who's like a very distinguished, you know, classy and obviously like wealthy dude. Stedman gets in the car. So it's her, Stedman, and the dude, Brian. And they're like driving, and they're all like driving together. And it turned out, and Stedman goes, Hey, this is great. I mean, according to this source, said, Hey, this is great. I've never used Uber before. Wow. Like, this is so cool. You know, this is my first Uber ride. So they're all chatting and whatever. And then I guess the woman dropped off dude, Brian, who I guess was totally cool. And they were all dude, like, Dude, Brian. And then dude Brian gets out and the Uber driver goes like, by the way, Stedman, like, I know this is your first ride, but like, did you mean to use Uber pool? And apparently he was like, what? And she's like, yeah, you want to be clicking on like Uber, like what's the high end (laughs) one? Like Uber black or something? SUV, yeah. Uber XL, like Uber VIP. She was like, I don't know if you want to be like riding around in Uber pool with just like (laughs) random people, even though dude Brian was cool. But anyway, it just this it just like is a very endearing story because it's super dad and it's just like Stedman, you know, he's like a man of the people. I love it. I mean, he's in the guest house. He's a man of the guest house. Now, I should say this story is totally unconfirmed. I have not spoken to Stedman about this, but you know what? It makes him look like a cool dude. So there you go. Yeah, I'm into it. Yeah. That's it for this episode of We Here. Our show is produced by Jamila Zara-Williams and Melissa Caceres. We'd love to hear your questions and your ideas for the show. Is there a celebrity you're dying for us to dish on? Email your hot takes to us at podcasts at nypost.com. To hear the latest We Here episodes, be sure to hit subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any of your preferred podcast platforms. And don't forget to leave us a review. We'll be back tomorrow with more Page Six exclusives. See you then. You heard?